All right, welcome back to Now It's Easy. I'm your host, John Nowy. Back at it today. Um, it's a beautiful day outside. I know everybody's quarantined. <laughs> um, so definitely when the sun is out, go out and go ahead and get some fresh air when the sun is out. Um, because the sun is a natural vaccine for, for all of the bacteria, the bacteria, um, the viruses. Um, so I would encourage y'all to go get some sun. When it's cold, otherwise, they say um, that the coronavirus is um, like it multiplies in 50 and below weather. So um, don't go outside if it's too cold where you're at. Um, but today's topic, I don't have much of a topic. I just want to kind of um, walk y'all in, introduce you to um, the John Nowy. Um, I know I just popped out of nowhere, kind of. Some people know me, not a lot of people know me, and I kind of want to just um, introduce myself. Um, so my original native name is Johanna Yusuf Nowy. Uh, and some of y'all might say, hey, where do you get John from? And um, basically, Johanna is um, Arabic, in Arabic, and John is in English. A lot of people can't pronounce Johanna. A lot of people say, oh, Johanna sounds cool. Um, why don't you go by that? Yes, I do go by it, but I don't allow everyone to call me Johanna because not everyone can pronounce it. And me being African or Sudanese, um, that's, <laughs> I take pride in my name, you know? That's just that, like the family name and um, just your original name, take pride in that. So when someone butchers it, it's kind of a little offensive. So yeah, some people might say, Ohana. Ohana means family. <laughs> no, it's Yohana. Um, so I go by John. And make it easier for the people that can't pronounce it. But the people that can pronounce it get to know me better and they can call me Johanna. Um, so yes, I am originally from Sudan. Um, I was born in Sudan in a little city called Madini, Madini, Sudan, um, in the north. Um, so I've never seen the south. Um, and yeah, I would love to go back one day, but I I've always, all my life, I've always known the, the North. Um, the reason why I say that, because now the country is split in two, um, and there's a North and there's a South. And basically, uh, maybe that's a story for another day, but <laughs> yes, uh, I am from the North. I lived there till the age of eight, um, and then I left. Uh, because my dad had a vision of just like not wanting his family to stay um, in a corrupt nation. Um, I mean, not it was just like it's it's not like oh like you see on TV everything is crazy. No, it was actually I was actually upset with my dad for leaving because life for me felt good and it seemed good, um, but I had to go with it because I was still a kid. Um, and then I had recently met my cousin. I've always wanted an older brother. And finally, I had an older cousin. 
uh, that I haven't seen in years. So I just recently met him, trying to build relationships, um, relationship with him, and boom, my dad pops up with this, oh, we're going to America. And he's explaining, but I'm not getting it at the time. So definitely going further, just, I was just like, what? Like, this is actually happening? Um, contemplating in my mind as a kid, <laughs> I spoke to myself a lot. Um, and sometimes that's crazy, but I just kind of like to, I, I'm a deep thinker. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I kind of just brushed it off. I was like, nah, it's not happening. Um, going into the land of the unknown. Um, um, and as time went by, my dad basically went through with the process. And he kept saying that he got that vision from the Lord. Um, and I was just like, okay, so what now? And my dad, we were well off. We will somewhere there with wealthy, borderline rich. My dad owned his own mechanic shop. He was also um, a pastor, um, an acting pastor at a church. And just like, everything, everything seemed all right for me. Um, and then he sold everything and um, he sold everything but the land and the house. Um, and uh, we did have a farm, so he kept that as well. Um, and we left and we left my cousins, my uncles, my aunties to have that land and to stay, but we left. And fast forward, coming, um, <laughs> coming into America, coming to America, I know you've seen the movie, no, it wasn't like that. Uh, but yeah, so didn't know I was coming. Um, there was this very, this, it was this, this store that I very much like. Um, and I always loved to go and my uncle used to take me and I thought for like, I thought that that's where we were going and I fell asleep, woke up in the airport. Uh, that is very true. I woke up in the airport and I had no choice. Um, and maybe yeah, I was, I was sad or cried and all that. I was upset, but <laughs> we were getting on that plane. Um, so we got on a plane, um, got on, we got on a train, then a boat, and then a plane. Um, so just like I got the experience, it was it was it was a pretty cool experience, but um, didn't really appreciate it at the time. Um, and then we lived in Egypt for we ended up landing in Egypt because the UN embassy, um, just like to where the gate where you'll get your documents to enter into the United States um, was in Egypt. The headquarters was in Egypt at the time. So there for two years, getting our paperwork. Um, the process took two two years. Um, sometimes it take two to have along, but my dad paid a lot of money to speed up the process. And just staying in Egypt was a different beast. <laughs> um, and just, it, it was cool, but at the same time, like, that was like my first um, encounter with racism. And it was different. Like, uh, the Egyptians, not all Egyptians, but there were ones that hated dark-skinned uh, people. 
Um, and just, man, like you would get rocks thrown at you. You could be walking in the wrong side of town and something would happen to you. And back home, like, you, you, you can't call the police. You don't call the police. You actually have to report to the police station and report the crime. And uh, what's difficult about that is just like, you report the crime, you can give a description, um, and they'll be like, okay, well, thank you for coming, um, and we'll, we'll look forward to investigating. And sometimes, if your luck is up, that person will be caught. And that police officer will drive with you to the area or drive with you to the person's house if you know where they stay and pick them up and take them to jail. Um, so that was, yeah, so that was like pretty hard living in, in Egypt, but it was also a good experience because it was just like, people think, oh, living in Egypt, you got to see the pyramids. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, no, I didn't get to see the pyramids. I wish I had. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was pretty cool. And then <laughs> I this is just a side story, but just something about me. I fell in love with this one girl, um, and just was like, oh man, like she was so beautiful to me. For some reason, she was just like everything. Um, she was an athlete, and just like I thought it was so cute when. Um, like whenever she got in trouble in class, and at that time you got paddling, so you got paddlings, and um, she would run behind me, and I always thought I was like, she loves me back. But <laughs> when I left, the reason why I'm telling that story, when I left, I didn't want to leave Egypt, and uh, I've always found myself to attach into something, um, and I didn't want to leave Egypt because I was just like, man. I'm leaving the love of my life. And that's the only reason why I wanted to stay in Egypt. Um, but I ended up leaving and I left with this mindset. I was like, man, I'm gonna find this girl one day. Um, and I was just about, you know, 10 years old uh, at the time. Two years later, I left, I think I was eight. Um, but yeah, so left, came um, at the age of 10 to America. And got to experience a little extra racism. Um, so definitely from both sides. I thought, you know, like, you know, like the maybe say the the misconceptions of coming from a country um, that kind of looked at as poor um, and people always looked at America as like the pedestal, the high pedestal of like, oh, if I can only get to America, I can be free, I'll be wealthy. Um, but that was not the reason why my dad wanted to come to America. Um, my dad wanted to come to America because um, of education and better lifestyle for us. Um, the hope is to one day go back, but it's just, Things kept happening, um, and just me being as a kid, I was raised in a Christian household, so it was just like, uh, whatever dad did or said to do, we followed along as, as a family, um, and 
that was a good and a bad because I kind of just grew up in this, oh, okay, dad is like the head, which he is, um, and whatever he did, we get accounted for under him. So if he was good, we're good. If it was bad, we're bad. Um, and just living in, in that mindset of just thinking, oh, okay, well, my dad is a pastor. We go to church. Um, so we're good. We go to heaven together. Um, and that was just a very childish way to think at the time. And coming to America, I was upset, still upset with my dad and just like a lot of like mess perhaps started coming uh, up with me and my dad and just like our relationship started drifting away because growing up I always looked at my dad as like the hero the guy that I wanted to be just like from head to toe Um, but definitely that decision that he made to come to America I did not agree with Um, and I was just like man like you brought us into this area where we don't know anything. We don't know anyone but your uncle. Um, and But your brother. Um, and I was just like, oh my gosh. You know, I'm getting hated by everybody because I was different. And I was just like, people looked at me and was like, something ain't right about that kid. Uh, and... It was just whether it's my skin tone or the fact that I barely spoke. Um, and it was just out of fear because I felt like people would make fun of me for not knowing the English language. Uh, people would laugh at me because, you know, I didn't know most of the things um, in America or about America. Um, so just going to school was hard um but definitely just was like man looking for the next thing to grab on that maybe could could show that I am capable of being a human being because I felt like I wasn't um and I was kind of into I was already having a foundation of uh of this athletic kid, this uh, like hardworking, you know, um, dedicated. So I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna stick to what I know. And um, my whole life, I just wanted to prove myself. Wanted to prove myself and came to the point where it kind of even changed direction towards my dad because I always wanted to get that approval and get that good job son or uh, reconcile that relationship with my dad. And I always wanted to, to, to let him see that, man, I have a son that I'm proud of. Um, and just with that relationship um, going south, I really just search for things to fill that gap with my dad. And then also there was a bigger gap with my heavenly father, um, Jesus um, Christ, our Lord and Savior now. Well, my Lord and Savior for sure. Um, And um, I'm not responsible for my brothers and sisters uh, 
but for like I'm not responsible for their salvation, but um, they, my dad, <laughs> made sure that we were taught right, and we were raised in a Christian household, and we made we had to make our own personal decision. That's what I meant by not responsible for their salvation. Like, um, everything we needed to know about Jesus was there. Um, and like, basically we had to make our own personal decisions to follow him or not. Um, but definitely my dad and my mom made it clear that this, for me and my household, um, we will worship the one true king. Um, that's Jesus Christ. So, um, growing up, just struggle with a lot of, uh, just, um, loneliness. Um, I want to say just depression, but, um, just couldn't fit in. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be the guy. Um, and I was just like, wow, why does everybody look at me weird? And I was like, you know what? Okay. Okay. I'm going to prove y'all wrong. I'm going to be better. Um, and I just took this role of an athlete and I just put all my energy, all my focus into it and just dedicated my life to it. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to be professional, a professional ball player. And I am one day going to pave the way for my parents, for my family uh, and people that regretted me, people that looked down on me are going to see me and they're going to feel sorry for themselves um, until just I felt like at one point, and this is me just kind of fast forwarding, fast forwarding to like just a lifestyle of just loneliness, um, just disappointments, um, wanting to fit in, um, emptiness uh, and all the way up to my, my my high school years, just like going in, I'm constantly, you know, God constantly putting people to speak into me aside from my dad because that relationship wasn't there. Um, so aside from my dad, I had other people that kind of spoke life into me. Um, and one particular guy is just Brad Cornicky, um, which is my mentor now and like a second dad to me. Um, but definitely just coming into high school, he was our fellowship uh, fellowship leader as a football player. Um, he was uh, he came in and he did meal preps with us, told us about the gospel, um, encouraged us and told us that it's not just about football. It's just this guy just hung around. I was just like, I was always curious. What is it that makes him do what he do? Um, and further down, I just, um, kind of shrugged it off until my junior year where I felt like everything was going perfect. Um, and everything was going perfect for me. Um, and I was at the top of the food chain, college is coming to get me. I mean, college is coming to, um, recruit me and talk to me. I'm just constantly going from 
from from classroom to the office meeting with with scouts and it's like oh man this kid is like i'm proving myself to everyone this kid is man he's great you know this that and i'm just like man like this is where i'm at I finally get to do what i want to do everything is going right and going into um going into my junior year um first three games of the season I'm um, well first two I'm like filling out the stats we're not winning but I'm filling out the stats um commercial appeal you know and coming in as like the third you know um that week player of the week and just like number one receiver coming into the season um reception wise boom third game of the season I blew my knee out and that time was really a dark time for me because everything that I worked for completely got stripped away and I was looking for someone to blame I was looking for something to blame and who else can we blame? Who else? So I blamed God. Because I saw myself as hardworking, dedicated. I stayed out of trouble. Didn't bother anyone. Why would that happen to me? The question that everybody asked. Why does it happen to me? Um, And a buddy of mine, Cody Hughes, spoke life into me and said, man, God has a reason for everything. And that both upset me and, and gave me peace for some reason. Um, and I was just like, the upsetting part was like, what's the reason behind this? But the peaceful side of it was, if God can do this, he can flip it. And obviously my mindset was like, God did it. He injured me. But no, I was far away from it. Realized that at a young age, I made a promise. I said, God, if you allowed me to be good at something, I would give you the glory for the rest of my life. And I remembered that when I was totally just down people I was the captain on the team and I just saw and felt everyone's heads drop down I said oh my gosh one of our best players just got hurt (laughs) who do we look up to one of our leaders just got hurt and just seeing that just hurt me even more. I dropped my head for the first time and my life felt defeat. I dropped my head and I didn't want anyone to look me in the face. I didn't want anyone to look me in the eyes. And I cried. 
people touch my 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 back. I was like, man, this is over. This is over. Um, but it was far from over. God had plans and intention intentions um, for my life, and I was just yet waking it up, waking. I was just waking up to it. Um, that was part one of my story and introducing myself. Um, I will be doing a part two. Thank you for joining in um, to Now It's Easy, your host again, John Nawi. Um, I appreciate you. Like this, share it, um, get it out. Um, so yes, thank you. Stay safe. Stay inside when it's cold. Go outside when it's hot. Peace. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. This is Now It's Easy with your host, John Nowy. And um, so far, it's been, (laughs) I know it's been an interesting 2020 for y'all and for me as well. So it's still adjusting, Um, but God is good. So that's all that matters. And I know at the last episode, we talked about me, um, not in a, prideful way or um, bragging or anything but I just wanted to share my testimony and to tear to tell more about um, what God has done and what he brought me through um, and I did a part one um, and yet to do a part two so I'm gonna do an in between kind of just like encouraging because I know part two about me is we'll get to that later but that is just my testimony to encourage and to, to let people know that God can bring you through anything and he has a plan for every person that he had created and on, on this earth, on and in this earth. Um, so, yeah, I mean, whether you're you believe in him or not, God's plan is for for you to eventually come to know him. Um, and sometimes there might be in a pandemic, like like the coronavirus, like whatever's going on right now. And um, I was watching a, a, a speaker um, yesterday on um, the Hillsong channel, and he talked about, man, like right now, it's like the best time to talk about God, to use the internet, to use uh, the radio, the YouTube, all that social media to talk about God because so many people are looking for an answer. You know, like you got this pandemic, the coronavirus that's out here taking out people. Um, somebody, somebody, somebody once said in the social media, man, Corona taking folks out this job. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, for real, like corona, coronavirus taking people out of the world. And nobody knows the answer. There's so many people discouraged, doctors discouraged. Um, like the nation across the world is just like in awe, just like confused for one, 
and then also don't know how to go about it. Um, and then also like when I thought about what the pastor said, I was like, man, yes, this is the best time to highlight Jesus. The best time when we're really supposed to be talking about Jesus all the time, trying to talk to people about Jesus and trying to share Jesus. But right now it's just like this bad thing that just happened, happened to happen, excuse me. Um, God has meant it or used it for his good. So yes, there's this bad news of the coronavirus, but there's this good news that Jesus is in control and he wants your ears, he wants your heart, and he wants to penetrate into your heart and change you. Because eventually, whether it's coronavirus, whether it's 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 through cancer, or whether you just hundred percent healthy, one day you're gonna die. So let's just go ahead and get that out the way. One day you're gonna die, and you're gonna have to answer to him who created the heaven and the earth, who created you. You're gonna have to answer to him. So whether you choose to listen to him now or later, it's gonna be your choice. But for the believers, we're supposed to echo as much as possible right now. Listen, listen, um, and be in the word, get close in the word. Um, there's also a challenge that, um, I, you know, it's just kind of like, uh, second, second Chronicles, second Chronicles 714. And I have this in my clock. I got two alarms. I got the AM, I got the AM and I got the PM version. So I got the 714 AM and the 714 PM. So behind that second Chronicles uh, 714. You don't know what I'm not gonna say right now because I can't quote it out the back of my my head. Um, which I am using this uh quarantine time to to get freshen up on my on my word. I can summarize it and I can go to it, but I can't really quote it out the top of my head, or at least not yet. But it's just what it's talking about if my people humble themselves in prayer, turn away from their wickedness, um, I will heal the lamb. Like, Jesus is saying, like, man, like, instead of all this craziness is going on, like, come to me, get on your knees, pray, and seek my face, and let me do what I do best. That's all that, that there is right there. Um, and basically, this challenge, which I'm going to issue out and just kind of like start challenging my friend 7 14 a.m get up shut down everything and just plead with god and this is gonna be on even if, if, the, if the pandemic is over or not but i challenge believers to get up 7 14 a.m 7 7 14 p.m whatever you're doing shut it down completely get away from everything everything and just sit there and have that conversation with the God of the universe um and yeah so that's that but definitely this time for the believers is just like 
is a very interesting time because now, <laughs> you know, your faith is being tested. You know, like you may been walking on the wire, you know, your whole life as a believer, or you might have been one foot in or one foot out, or you might be a hypocrite, a hypocrite, a hypocrite. <laughs> Can't say that word, but bear with me. Um, you might have been a hypocrite, and now you're just like, oh man, like I can't, I can't practice hypocrisy anymore. Now I got, now I gotta find out who, who am I really in Christ? Is my identity engraved in Him, or am I just trying to show this facade that, oh yeah? Look at me. I'm a Christian. I love people. I do this. I do that. But in the end, is it really about what you do? It's not really about what you do. It's about having faith in him. And then also the back part to that is just like faith without work is dead. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's, that's a little challenging. But in the same time, we're just like, when you have faith, your work is not dependent on you constantly doing things for God to, to, uh, to love you. It's going to be you're doing things because God loved you. So definitely from the, the faith without work is dead. It's like you're not doing the work so your faith could be stronger. You're doing the work because your faith is strong. Um, and definitely, man, it's definitely a hard time. It's definitely um, a challenging time for ministry, the ministers. Um, like, the government is, 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 is shutting down places and trying to contain. Um, and just nobody has control. And if I was to name this topic, I would say... It's not in my control and it's not in your control. That would be the topic. Um, and just because like everybody wants to know, right? Everybody wants to know how can how can we stay away from this corona? How can I not get it? How how do I know if I got it? And how to how can I treat myself when I do got it? And then will I will I be able to recover even though if I have a you know history of bad health? Everybody wants to know, and so many people are running to fear. They run into drugs, alcohol, because now God says, "What are you doing? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do?" And for us believers, we know that in scripture and revelation, and when it comes to the end of time, it's 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 gonna get worse. And then when it when things are getting worse, we should rejoice because we know that we're one step, one day closer to seeing our king and our savior and to be with him for eternity. And I'm not saying that I know the hour because nobody knows the hour or the time 
or the day or the minute. I don't know. But there are signs that will retain to lead to the end of time. And this, I strongly believe that this is a wake-up call that, yes, we are not going to live here forever on earth. This is not our home. This is not our home. Um, and just rejoice in you knowing that you're getting closer to the time where you get to see the King of Kings who created you, who loved you, who died on the cross for you. And he will welcome you with open arms and say, well done, my faithful servant. And to those who are running to fear, alcohol, it's not too late. It's not too late for you to listen, to wake up, and to say yes to Jesus. Whatever, whatever leads you to him. Let's not, let's not even think about the things that lead you to him. Let's talk about leading to him. It could be the last thing or the first thing. But all that matters is that you get to him before you leave this earth. Because once you leave this earth, there is no second chance. And I just wanted to do something different. I wanted to do something different with today, with encouraging and 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 just talking and getting a little personal with this one because I'm really passionate about empowering and uplifting and giving the good news. You know, people say the gospel all the time. And you're like, man, the gospel, what is that? It simply is the good news of Jesus. You know, people say good news. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, what's the good news? Good news of Jesus dying for you. And not just dying, but also raising back to life. Proclaiming victory. Excuse me. Proclaiming victory over death and over sin. And he's asking you and he's he's knocking at your door. And the Bible says he's knocking at the door. And if you if you open, he will come in. I'm not saying it's gonna be sunshine and rainbows. And sometimes Things get worse. But your hope is no longer in the money. Your hope is no longer in alcohol. Your hope is no longer in friends or family. Your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend. Your hope is now in Jesus. So he gives you joy. He gives you peace. He gives you gentleness, self-control. All those things that you lacked before coming to him. And instead of in, in the midst of that storm, <laughs> I also just <laughs> sorry, I'm getting all passionate. 
but in the midst of this this, this storm called the coronavirus, he will calm it. Yeah, I mean, no, talk about storm, like, talk about Jesus calming the storm, and some people are like, oh, it's a cliche passage, people, people just bring it up, take it up, no, it's not cliche, it's true. Um, I was reading in, in Mark, Luke, and Matthew, that story, and just, it opened my eyes to a different perspective. And I'm just like, man, like Jesus is in the, Jesus is in the boat. And he sleep. He told them, man, let's go to the other side. And he sleep in the boat and then a storm comes. And he told man, we about to die. And they wake up Jesus and like, Jesus, do you not care that we drown and we about to drown? And he wakes up and he said, be quiet, be peace, be calm. And the storm stops. And everybody in the boat are, you know, out of fear. Man, what kind of man is this that even the wind and the waves and the waters, the storm, they listen to him? But this is the perspective that I, you know, I was like, man. What is? Sometimes, because you are faithful, because you have faith in Jesus, storm happens. And Jesus asked the disciples, "He said, do you not? And in, in, I think it was in Matthew, he said, do you not have faith? And I think in Mark, he was just like, Where's your faith? And I'm just like, man, that's crazy. You have faith already in me. So in the midst of this craziness, coronavirus, where is your faith? Where is your faith? And some of us, like, man, Jesus is in my boat. I don't have to fear anything. Until you feel like Jesus is asleep in your boat. You feel like Jesus is asleep in your boat. You're crying. You're out of fear. And then he wakes up and tells you, where was your faith? You have faith in me. But do you believe in that faith that you have in me? think that's a question that we should all be asking ourselves during this time of craziness and chaos. Especially us believers that we say we believe in Jesus so much when he when we feel like he is asleep in our boat in the midst of the storm that we just lay back and like Jesus got it or do we believe that this storm will not consume me because I believe in Jesus? Now, the next two minutes, I just want to pray and encourage and pray.
pray for the people that are listening and pray for the people that are not listening across the nation. So if you're if you're driving and you're listening, keep your eyes open and hands out on the wheel, but just look, listen. But if you're sitting, just chilling, close your eyes for a second. I just want to pray over you. Dear Lord, we thank you that you are so good. You're so good to us. Even when we turn our backs to you. Even when we forget who you are. We forget what you've done. Lord, you are good to us. I just want to pray for the nation. People across people that are listening to this, people that are not listening to this podcast right now. I just pray over them. And I just pray peace, joy, calmness that you are in control. I pray for those who don't know you, Lord, that they will seek an answer and that they will come crying and open arms to know you. Lord, that they will not look back. I pray for those who do know you, Lord, that they will be ready to serve, that they will be ready to go an extra mile, that they will be ready to love because that is the perfect time that you have called us to speak life. And I pray that even though we don't see this 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 war because you said that our war we are not fighting against flesh bones or we're not we're not fighting against the flesh our battle is in the spirit I just pray over everyone the helmet of salvation Lord to protect our minds the way we think. Shield of faith to protect us. Having faith in you that we will protect, we'll hold it up from all the lies. Father God, the belt of truth to harness us in you, that we will walk in truth. The breastplate of, of the breastplate of righteousness, Lord, that we will you will guard our hearts that we will not be following our hearts because we may not we we do not know that we will not follow our feelings Lord also that you will give us the sandals of peace and readiness that wherever we go that we have peace and we are ready to go Lord, and also the most important, but yet equally important, sword of the spirit, your word, who rests in our hearts, in our minds, that we know and we believe that your promise is true, that we do not lack anything in you. Pray that over the nation and your believers, your children, Lord. 
and I pray for the, the ones that are lost, the souls that are lost, that would they would come to know you. And we would have hope. Whether this goes west or east, <laughs> we would have hope that you are in control. We just thank you. Love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Pray that you stay blessed. Part two is still coming. Testimony, but I just wanted to encourage and talk about something that's just been on my heart. Thank you. Peace.